You're listening to Headphones Recommended. I'm Jake, and this is my story. I wasn't a great cook. I knew my way around a kitchen in the same way I know my way around a grocery store. I knew how to find exactly what I usually needed, and to get in and out as quickly as possible. I love food, don't get me wrong. I just didn't often know what to do with food, besides eat it. So imagine my excitement when one of my favorite authors decided to come out with a cookbook. Not just any cookbook, a gigantic kitchen tome on how to cook, teaching increasingly complex techniques through increasingly complex recipes. I'm talking, it starts with, here's how to hold the knife, levels of basic. I was thrilled. One of the first recipes is for scrambled eggs. Yes, I know, but scrambled eggs are actually slightly more complicated than you might think. I make them every day now, so I'm a pro, but there's a specific way to heat them up. Very fidgety points in time where you can have perfect scrambled eggs if you're right, or extremely dry, forgettable scrambled eggs if you wait just a tiny bit too long. It's an art, and one of the first things this book sought to teach. So I learn how to make scrambled eggs, and I go from hating this food to loving this food. It turns out I don't hate scrambled eggs. I just hate bad diner scrambled eggs that are cooked for 10 seconds, thrown on a plate, and forgotten about. So I'm very excited about my newfound love for eggs. The next thing this book teaches is flavor pairings, which is also exciting to me because it means I can season my food with something besides salt. The flavor pairing section takes the smallest number of spices and makes the biggest number of combinations from them, allowing you to have a diverse palate efficiently. It also breaks down broad regional tastes and turns them into two or three spices, so you can emulate everything from Morocco to Mongolia with just a few ingredients. The reason flavor pairing table comes right after scrambled eggs is because eggs don't really have much of their own flavor, meaning they can take on the flavor of their seasonings very well. It's also why they make a good binding agent, but that's a different story. So here I am, armed with two pieces of knowledge. I know how to make scrambled eggs, and I have this huge flavor table to explore and experiment with. It's important to know that at this point in my life, I don't have a sense of smell. I talk about this in the episode Cope, but for anyone not listening sequentially, I frequently lose my sense of smell because of recurring nasal polyps, then get it back because of surgery or steroids, then lose it again, ad infinitum. At this point, however, I am in the middle of my longest streak without a sense of smell so it's been a while since I could smell anything. People often ask if not having a sense of smell affects my sense of taste. Yes, it does. Without a sense of smell, the best way I can describe it is that it's like tasting in black and white. 
I can still pick up the broad picture of things, but lots of subtlety is lost, and some things are indistinguishable from one another. Without a sense of smell, all coffee tastes the same, for example. So I can get the cheapest, worst coffee, and it tastes virtually identical to the best coffee money can buy. There are some perks. So, anyway, I've been making my eggs every morning. I've been experimenting with this flavor table for a few months, and I stumble upon literally the most delicious eggs I have ever tasted in my entire life. They are amazing. I am so happy with this combination that I stop exploring, and I eat them like this every day. Seriously, they are so good, and I want everyone to try them. It's also important to note here that I had been reading the flavor table wrong. Fast forward to January. I'm going up to Vermont to meet up with my aunt, uncle, and cousins to spend a week with them. I tell them, you have to try these eggs. I've been learning about flavors, and I'm really good at scrambled eggs now, and I know this combination sounds weird, but you just have to try it. So one day we're all getting ready for the day, and I make eggs for everyone. And nobody will eat them. My aunt and cousins refuse entirely. My uncle is normally a human garbage disposal, the kind of guy who'd finish the leftovers from your plate just so food doesn't go to waste. And he takes one bite and throws out the rest of his plate. I eat mine normally. They taste just like they usually do, which to me is absolutely delicious. They're a little dry, sure, but that's only because the burner got hotter faster than I'm used to. They're not that dry, are they? What went wrong? Why wouldn't anyone eat my delicious eggs? I go back home after the trip. I resume my routine of eating eggs this way every single day. And they're delicious every single day. Spring passes, and summer rolls around. Another important health detail about me is that I'm extremely sensitive to poison ivy. No joke, if I get even a tiny bit, it will spread across my whole body. A dot on my arm will turn into a huge swath of itchy madness up in my arm, across my torso, maybe even on my leg somehow. It blisters, it oozes, it hurts, and it doesn't go away for seriously like six weeks. This is not an exaggeration, because I used to get it once a year, every single year, until I decided that maybe cross-country running in the woods just wasn't for me, and I probably shouldn't do yard work either. But I'm living with my girlfriend at the time, and the house needs the lawn mode, and she just doesn't have the time to do it. We argue about it. I insist I'm going to get poison ivy if I do it. She insists that there is no poison ivy anywhere in the yard. Since I'm telling this story, you know how this goes. I get poison ivy. Why is this important? Since my history with poison ivy is so bad, I always insist on the most powerful course of steroids they'll prescribe. They always say no at first, even when I say, 
if you don't give me steroids right now, I will be back in two days completely covered in poison ivy, and I will angrily say, I told you so. Which is exactly what happens here. I'm sure you've figured out where this is going by now. I take the steroids from my poison ivy. It does the trick for that. It also gives me back my sense of smell for the first time in who knows how long. Wow. I can smell coffee. I can smell soap. I can smell dessert. I just want to stick my nose in absolutely everything and smell all the things. I can also taste again. I can taste in glorious, full color. I don't remember what I had for dinner that night, but I'm absolutely certain it was delicious, whatever it was. The next morning comes around. I make my eggs as usual, with the same combination of flavors I've been using for about six months at this point. Without a sense of smell, these were the most delicious eggs I had ever eaten in my entire life. With a sense of smell? Oh my god. That was one of the most vile bites of food I have ever put in my mouth. I spit it out, immediately threw away the rest, and I never made eggs like that again. It was so bad, I wrote an email to my family apologizing for the eggs I fed them in January. I'm so sorry, I said, that I made you try scrambled eggs with cinnamon and lemon juice. In my defense, I didn't have a sense of smell at the time, and they were delicious to me. I do, however, have a sense of smell now, and I can understand exactly what you didn't like about them. Please forgive my cooking crimes. I tell a lot of serious, heavy stories here, and this one is meant to be a fun change of pace. But if there is a lesson here, let it be this. Just because you like something doesn't mean others will too. And that's totally okay. You should never take it personally when others don't share your taste. But also, for the love of all things good, please, please don't season anything with cinnamon and lemon juice. Fun aside, I wrote this episode long before I ever recorded the outro for Headphones Recommended, so it ends with what I now use for my outro music. Music that you're about to hear again. Enjoy! Headphones Recommended is written, recorded, and produced by me, Jacob Vanderend. All of these stories are true. This show is ad-free and completely listener-supported by folks just like you. Find out how to get involved at headphones.show, where you can find links to the Patreon, social media, and more. Don't forget to rate the show on your podcast app of choice, and to tell your friends. 
Every rating and recommendation goes a long way. Questions? Comments? Want to do a guest episode? Want to be a guest artist? Email us at info at headphones.show. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Be good to each other out there.